Okay, um, I'm reading from Luke chapter 19 and it's verses 28 to 44. So Luke 20, uh, 19, 28 to 44. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he'd told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. As they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put, the, put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you. Well, here we are, Palm Sunday. How many people have ever heard Palm Sunday sermons? Some even may have given them. All of us have heard probably this being read to us every year for the last however many years. Uh, it's a very familiar piece of scripture to us. Even last year at the Minster, we looked at this exact same passage. Uh, but there's still stuff for us to learn in it. And today, almost, almost the exact words that Kevin prayed, uh, I promise it wasn't, it wasn't put in, we didn't plan it. But we're looking at that sort of juxtaposition between the ups and downs of life, the king and humility. Uh, so, so, yeah, we all go through those life's ups and downs, seasons of our lives, winter, summer, the seasons of plenty, the seasons of poverty. Our finances go up and down depending on what's going on in our lives, whether we've got weddings to pay for, whether we have kids, whether we have just bought ourselves a new car, whatever's going on, whether we're looking after parents, those things go up and down. Our work goes through rhythms as well between uh, promotion and cuts and poverty and not. Our families go through ups and downs as well. Our moods even go up and down, sometimes on an hourly, sometimes on a minute by minute basis. And here we're looking at something in Luke's gospel between those highs and lows in this passage. If you really dig into it, uh, it can almost sound like John's gospel, if you look carefully enough. John likes to, to play with themes like that, light and dark, high and low, good and evil, poverty and plenty. And here Luke is almost playing with that through this. And there are four things in Luke's account that I'd like us to, to have a look at 
as we look at the ups and downs of Palm Sunday. First one is geography. Believe it or not, I used to be a geography teacher. I love geography. Every, every opportunity I can have to get a map out, I do. And there are some ups and downs just in geographical terms that we can look at. Another is eschatology. It's study of, of time. Uh, the end times, yes, but also for, for these guys in, in Luke's gospel, what might happen in the days just to follow and how they relate back to what was said in the Old Testament. The third is status. You know, where do we, where do we rank ourselves? What are the highs and lows of that? But then also worship as well. There's a lot going in this. We could almost do a whole series on Palm Sunday, uh, 30 Sundays. Can you imagine 30 Sundays in Palm Sunday? It would be amazing, but also you'd, you'd want to murder me by the end of it. So the first thing is, is geography. There are some ups and downs in Jesus's life just in this. Firstly, Jericho, which is where Jesus is is coming to Jerusalem from is down in the rift valley that inter that that divides Jerusalem uh, that divides uh, Israel it's one of the lowest places geographically on earth and so Jesus and his crew have to come out of that valley towards Jerusalem which is in a particularly mountainous area it's not, it's not a far distance. It's not like they would have to get in their car and go all the way from Jerusalem, from uh, Jericho to Jerusalem. It's a fairly short, uh, short walk, but it's up a huge, huge, huge climb. So why are these things so important as we, as we come to look at this? Well, as we think through, Jericho has these huge, has a huge impact on the journey of Israel through history. It's the place where God had a major victory against the people, the Canaanites, who used to live in the land. The victory of God coming, they crossed the Jordan, they crossed the impenetrable barrier, the Jordan in flood, and this walled city that gets pushed, the walls get pushed down into the ground and God's armies can go into the, the city. It's where God has the great victory. Jerusalem, high up on the mountain, uh, Mount Moriah is, is where they head towards, and there God wins a different victory that we'll discover on uh, Easter Sunday and Good Friday. But back where that Mount Moriah was, was the place where we think that Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. And God provides the sacrifice for that. God himself provides a ram. But God himself, in a few days' time, when we celebrate Easter, God provides the sacrifice for us. And it's a fairly low point for Jesus. The brutal betrayal, the crucifixion, the, the whipping, the lashing and death. So you can see that juxtaposition between, between God's victory in Jericho and there were some miraculous things that happened. But then also the death 
of Jesus on the high point on Mount Moriah, where God himself provides the sacrifice. Also, that route between Jericho to Jerusalem is a dangerous route. It's rough. It's the setting of the Good Samaritan, where someone is robbed and beaten, and the Samaritan comes and gives aid. Part of that route is what David talks about in Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's known for its robberies, its thieves, its, its murderers. And yet Jesus is walking through it on the way to the cross. Going from the, from the low point of Jericho up to the high point of Jerusalem, but also the high point of Jericho to the low point of the cross. So what about for us then? There's some highs and lows on our journey towards Easter, towards the cross, where we find our salvation. Yes, we've seen God having some amazing victories, setting us free from all sorts of, of pain and addiction, setting us free from, from our own sin, from the stuff that, that separates us from God. But of course, we also know that sometimes walking the Christian way is not the easiest way. Sometimes we suffer all sorts of things. We still go through grief. It's not all, uh, all rosy. But what he does promise is that he will be with us. He is with you, whether you're in a high moment or whether you're in a low moment in your life. He is with us. The next thing we have to look at is, is eschatology, that, that highs and lows of the time that they're in. What God has said before, but what God will say in the coming days and in the coming years and at the end of time. We see Jesus coming up through uh, Bethphage and Bethany towards the Mount of Olives, where Jesus will be betrayed. But also on that route is where the cult of the donkey is. Now, uh, some of us, we, we, don't, we don't see many cults of donkeys kicking around in Telford. We don't see lots of donkeys tied up in the town park, all ready for us to jump on them and, and head towards Lawley or wherever you live. But, but here, this, this donkey's never been written, but it's actually mentioned quite a few times in the Old Testament, in Zechariah 9, uh, verse 9. But also, it, it also points us to Psalm 118. So if you've got your Bibles, flick, flick all the way back to Psalm 118, and you will see some of the things and some of the words in this Psalm 118 may remind you of what we've just heard read by Hannah. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. But as we kind of go all the way through, if you just, if you just skim up to verse 20, it says this. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks for you, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
from the house of the Lord we from the house of the Lord we bless you the Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us with bows and hand join in the festal the festal procession up the horns to the altar you are my God and I will praise you you are my God and I'll exalt you give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Exactly what was, was shouted and proclaimed on that Palm Sunday. The stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. The thing that seemed lowly has now become the thing of most importance. Again, in, in Zechariah, I'll just read it to you because it's a little bit tricky to find. Zechariah 9.9 says this. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then it goes into some more detail. See, this stuff was prophesied and written about hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came on that Palm Sunday into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. There's an eschatological high and low here too. The stone the builders rejected, the lowest point, has now become the capstone. See, your king, which they expected him to be riding into Jerusalem on a, on a, on a charger ready for battle, comes into Jerusalem lowly and humbly on the colt of a donkey. It's not the way we want people to, to rule or, or, or that romantic idea of, of what a king, a conquering king would be doing. God does some amazing things. For us, the things that God has promised will come true. We've seen these things in the Old Testament coming to pass. The things that he's promised us his presence, his, his leading, his love that endures forever is for us. It's for you and for me, whether we're in a high point or whether we're in a low point. Some things are beyond our understanding. There are some of these points where, where we find out, hang on, what was that cult doing there? It was tied up and someone's just said, hey, the Lord needs it. And they go, oh, go on then. And we just don't know. Was this prior arrangement or was this a miraculous provision from God? We just don't know. It might be one of the things when I meet God face to face, I'll ask him, what was going on with that donkey? But there are some things we just don't understand and that's okay. But there are some things that we can grasp really easy. God's love for you the love of God that led Jesus from Jericho to Jerusalem to the cross to conquer death for us. And that he would rise again. See, Jesus already said uh, more than three times on the way to Jerusalem that he would die and that he would rise again. He can be trusted. There are things to come and he will come again. Thirdly, we have status. Status, the cloaks on the road and the cloaks on the donkey. 
See, people didn't have a lot of stuff during that time. And what they did have, they wore. The things that were precious to them, they kept on their person. Cloaks were a, a status symbol of the time. Could you imagine if you had the best Gucci handbag and you just chucked it on the floor every time, you'd be going, what's going on? See, some of these people, yes, some of them may have been poor, but some of them may have been wealthy too. Yet they took off their cloaks, put it on a donkey, or put it on the floor. The high things of society became the entranceway for Jesus to come into Jerusalem. The high things of status became the low things that a donkey was walking on. See, people choose what the most precious things in their lives are. Here it may have been some of the cloaks that they wore, that they carried around, that there may have even been survival techniques to keep themselves warm in the, in the chilly uh, Judean hillside countryside. See, but there's a choice that they had to make, and we will have to make, of taking the high things of our status and laying them down so that Jesus may come in. We've got a choice. Will we choose to to take those things down? Will we choose to make ourselves lowly so that Jesus can come in? Whether we're high, whether we're low, we're asked to do the same thing. Maybe even in Telford, as, as Kevin prayed earlier, we may, may have to take the humble route to allow others to come to know Jesus. Will we lay down our status so that the king can come in? Fourthly is worship. See, we see the praise, but we also see the weeping in this story. Some of the praise is that joyful entry into Jerusalem. Praise, praising God for the miracles that Jesus had performed. Some of them would have followed Jesus almost for a year. They may have, at the Sea of Galilee, been fed on that hillside with the 5,000. Some of them may have seen Jesus walking on water. Some of them may have seen blind people seeing. Some of them may have even seen that miraculous catch of fish or the calming of the storm. They praised God because of all the things that he had done. Glory in the highest. Even the stones will cry out if these people don't praise God. The high point of that Palm Sunday. Yet in that, Jesus weeps. He weeps over Jerusalem. Look at some of the things he says. If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. See, Jesus could have brought them peace. They had a choice. They had a choice to take and accept him as king or to crucify him on the cross. 
And we know that in history, just a few years later, the Roman army comes in and destroys Jerusalem. They build ramparts and they tear down Jerusalem's walls. They destroy the temple for the second time in Israel's history, the place where God was supposed to dwell. They destruct everything. There were even some some ideas that, that they were starving so much that they would actually eat their children. Horrendous stuff. So even in that joyful moment of Palm Sunday, there is a bitterness to it as well, that they don't accept him as king. And he could have brought peace to that city. See, for us, we still have the choice. Do we worship or do we subdue it like those Pharisees wanted? That if we did not praise, the stones would cry out. This year's been fairly low. There's been some weeping. There's been some mourning. There's been some severe loss going on in our society. It seems as though society has lost everything. Yet in Jesus, there is hope. There is joy. There is the miraculous. We have a, we have a choice. Do we focus on the king or do we focus on the brokenness? Do we focus on the highs and we get to worship God who loves us, who died in our place? Or do we focus on the things that bring us low? See, we've got a choice. In all the highs and lows that Palm Sunday brings us, we have a choice. Whether it's the the geography, whether it's the eschatology, whether it's the status, whether it's the worship. Have we brought our lows and given them to Jesus? Have we brought our highs and given them to Christ? Is he our king? Which is what Palm Sunday asks us the question. Is Jesus our king? Are we the people waiting in Jerusalem saying, you know, come on, there, there, come on, you've got to calm down. Don't praise him. Don't praise him. You shouldn't be doing that. Or are we the people laying our coats down and ushering in the kingdom? We have that choice to make. Is he our king or isn't he? I wonder what choice you've made. Are you like, yes, he is. He is who he says he is. He is the king. Or are we still not certain? I hope in the coming days that 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 might shift. We're going to do some reflections this week. We're going to talk about what Jesus did on the cross for us a whole lot in the the coming week. But even now on this Palm Sunday, the question still lies there. Who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he the Lord? Is he the king riding on a donkey? All that was all that was promised. Only you can make that choice. I'd love to make it for you, but I can't. Jesus, the King, is coming. He's here. He's already entered Jerusalem and he's conquered death. You've got the choice to make whether you put your trust in him. Why don't we pray? Father, in this reading that is so familiar to many of us, 
in the highs and lows of our lives. Lord, we want to put you as king over it, over it all. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hosanna in the highest. You are the Messiah. And so, Father, as we approach Easter this year, would we, would we allow you to take your place as king over our lives? Father, would we let you into our hearts and lives as the, the conquering king coming into Jerusalem? Lord, would we take a lowly place so that people in Telford may come to know you? Lord, whether it's geography, whether it's eschatology, whether it's our status, whether it's our worship, Lord, we give it all to you. Lord, would we choose you now? In Jesus' name. Amen.